Hello, everybody. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? Uh, just getting started here. Um, I've been uh, thinking since the last uh, episode I did. I've been thinking about which one should I do this time. And one of the things I was thinking about is um, um, in all my podcasts, I try to make them kind of uh, not time sensitive uh, so that when people listen to them, they can listen to them uh, you know, tomorrow, today, or two years from now, and they still have the same message. Uh, but in the world that we have today, the world that we have today, I can speak very generally speaking on that. Uh, people are you know, torn politically um, and people are uh, so divided and um, so quick to uh, get stressed out about everything that's happening. So I thought to myself, uh, one of the topics that I would like to do today is called stretching and meditating. Okay. Now, this is a topic that uh, sometimes is kind of overlooked uh, in martial arts. Everybody wants to hiya and uh, start uh, hitting stuff and breaking stuff and everything like that. Uh, but this is a, a very important topic. Um, now, remember, one of the, um, the overall themes of our podcast is the fact that uh, Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid and also um, uh, Daniel LaRusso in the Cobra Kai series, um, this podcast is based on that, um, in, the, in the teachings of Mr. Miyagi, and the fact that um, in order to learn you know, Miyagi-Do Karate or martial arts, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. So in thinking about this today, um, I used to, rem I remembered from all the Karate Kid, including uh, the next Karate Kid uh, that we call that Karate Kid 4, um, Mr. Miyagi in all the episodes always used meditation to relax. Um, he also used it to uh, reflect on the past and to find answers to his problems. And that's, that's a very important concept. I, I think that people should do more of that. Okay, so um, let me get started here with the stretching and meditating. Now, I also uh, added here stretching and meditating in nature because uh, later on I'll explain why I like to do it in nature rather than just in the studio. Um, so we'll take the, uh, the training outside of the uh, studio. Um, so a um, little bit of history on this. Um, when we, in the golden years of, uh, of uh, the martial art Do that my brother and I uh, took, um, we started our, our first martial arts school by ourselves in 1992 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now, um, we had our, our studio. We were very excited about what we were doing, um, but there was a yoga class uh, next to us. And the yoga class, sometimes we're a little bit uh, critical of our always yelling and key up and all the time. You know, in, in martial arts, you key up or key up. Uh, you do a loud spirit yell um, <clears throat> as you do your, your blocks, punches, and kicks. Um, so there was a yoga class that was always kind of critical of us, and, and sometimes they would come over and ask us if we can please be quiet uh, while they were uh, done with their training uh, over there because they were resting. Now, um, one of my instructors, uh, he, um, he, he made a, a joke, and he says, what are, they, what are they resting for? All they did was stretch the whole time. Okay, so my perception uh, when, it was, when I was in my 20s of, uh, of uh, yoga was not very good. Um, we always believed in stretching um, because of our, our grandmaster, Grandmaster Choi, always believed in stretching before class, and it's always been an integral part of our class is the stretching. 
Uh, but I fully didn't, didn't gain respect for it until I got older. Um, so a lot of people think that stretching is not really working out. But I'm here to say that it, it's hard work. It's, it's not as easy as everybody thinks. Now, in classes, we do many different types of stretching routines. One of the stretching routines that, that we typically do is a um, static stretching routine. Now, a static stretching routine when we sit down is, um, is very um, uh, easy to do, kind of, uh, because you don't have to balance or use muscles to control anything. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But uh, we do a lot of static stretching uh, sitting down. Um, and I notice um, that when we do more active stretching or we do stand-up stretches, that a lot of the younger kids in class have a difficult time with that. Um, and that's because uh, when you do stand-up type stretches, you have to still have to use your muscles to um, in your um, uh, the different uh, 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 to help balance. I'm trying to think of a way to say it. Um, the different muscles used to help to help stabilize your leg and stabilize your body. Um, that enact while you're stretching out. So we do, we do a stand-up version of stretches in class too, and, and a lot of times I will use that when I'm um, outside of the studio, uh, mainly because I don't want to sit on the, on the ground and get dirty uh, or, or wet if it's been raining. Um, so a lot of times I will um, uh, do stand-up stretches when I'm out uh, running or uh, walking um, around in nature. Um, down here in Florida, um, I like to stretch outside uh, because it's so warm outside. I, I really, really much enjoy uh, doing uh, yoga uh, practice out in hot weather. Um, and, and kind of, it's almost like a, a workout in itself. Um, because when you're, when you're out doing those different yoga poses and you're holding them, it's, it's an isometric type of activity. And sometimes you sweat like crazy during that because you're trying to hold poses and it's very hot out. Sometimes that'll raise your heart rate up too uh, to the fat burning zone, so it's um, it's pretty good exercise. Pretty good exercise. They they say all the experts say that um, uh, there's a couple studies that I've read. Uh, one is is that um, someone who practices yoga on a regular basis um, tends to be uh, 14. Like I think it's like I think it's something like I can't remember the exact. I don't have the study in front of me right now, but it was something like 14 pounds lighter than someone who doesn't practice yoga. So it doesn't um, make you thin overnight, but if you constantly practice yoga throughout your whole life, um, you kind of shed uh, maybe a pound or two every year, and you're not, you're not continuously gaining weight each year because the typical uh, adult, especially as to get to be in their 40s and 50s, um, will gain one pound each year um, and that starts to add up after a while. Pretty soon you're 20, 30 pounds overweight. So the practice of doing yoga is actually uh, quite good for you. Um, in fact, uh, the experts recommend that when you're doing yoga-based work that you should still consume protein as if you're doing weightlifting. So whether you're doing weightlifting or yoga practice, you're still consuming uh, protein supplements to, uh, to heal your muscles. So it's very, very healthy for you. Now, um, another reason why we like to stretch is to prevent injury. You know, one of the things that <laughs> it's uh, sometimes I, I, think, uh, I think about a couple movies that I've watched um, where the guy used to stretch and when he, um, 
when he stretched, um, people used to make fun of him, like as if he wasn't any good. You know, and, and that's sometimes I get that attitude from students in class that if you're, if you're cool, you don't have to stretch. Or if you're good, you don't have to stretch. Um, but then the funny part is, is that once someone gets injured, that's all they do is stretch trying to fix it. You know, it's like one of those things is like, you know, you, you do it as a preventative thing um, to, to not get injured in the future. And people sometimes don't think about what they can do in the present to help them uh, in the future. So stretching on a regular basis will help you to maintain uh, joint health, maintain the muscles as their proper length, because sometimes over time, the muscles tend to uh, get tight. And when they get tight, they tend to uh, stay that way. So they don't, they don't relax back to their normal length again. So by keeping the muscles at their normal length, um, you increase everything. You increase your range of motion. You increase, you increase your freedom of motion as you, as you walk. Um, it makes you the kind of person who will take the stairs instead of taking the escalator or elevator. It'll make you into the kind of person that will park farther away instead of parking really close so that they can get a longer walk to the grocery store or to the store, of, uh, the retail store. So um, it's very important that you, uh, you stretch on a regular basis. Now, um, let's dive into this uh, meditation, okay? Now, meditation can have a lot of different forms. Um, you're going to notice in, in all my podcasts and, and even in the, the martial arts school, um, I try not to dwell too much on a really spiritual side of, of the martial arts. Some martial arts schools will do that. They'll have this really, really spiritual side of their, of their martial art to be almost like a religion. Um, I try to keep things uh, simple. And one of the reasons why I keep things simple is I feel like then people can understand it better, you know, instead of making it really complex. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about first about meditation in general um, is um, first some of the needs for it. Um, do you know that um, the many high schools in Japan um, will bring a little bit of the dojo into the classroom with a brief moskudo, or in um, in Korean martial arts we call it mukinyum, uh, which is a closed eye meditation, and they do this for like 15 minutes before classes start for the day, in order to allow students to center themselves before class. And I feel like that's uh, that's something that maybe we should be doing in our school system here in the United States. Now, um, meditating. Uh, it can be in, done in many forms. Um, in the Karate Kid movies, uh, Mr. Miyagi had like a little shrine uh, that he used to focus on to help him focus. Uh, he'd face it. Um, sometimes he'd do it with his eyes open, and he would just um, kind of, you know, go into a, himself a little bit to uh, to think. Um, and I, I see Daniel LaRusso doing that in the Cobra Kai series too when he has problems or when he's stressed out. He uses that to calm himself. Uh, Daniel was a little bit of a hothead, so that really helped him to center himself, his Miyagi-Do uh, training from, from Mr. Miyagi. Uh, but one thing that um, more scientific that I read a little while back, uh, and I've always kind of used, I, I, um, is the, um, the alpha brain waves that are dominant uh, during quietly flowing thoughts and some meditative states. Now, this alpha waves, brave waves, or alpha, is the power of now. 
and this is something we talk about in class a lot, being, being here in the present. Alpha is the, the resting state for the brain. Alpha waves aid overall mental coordination, calmness, alertness, mind-body integration, and learning. So alpha waves are really important. Um, in fact, um, uh, right behind me here, I have a um, uh, salt lamp thing. And Gabrielle took my other one home. Um, but um, And that's supposed to bring positive ions or alpha waves um, to, towards you. But it, it's not sure. Not, not, not a lot of people believe that. But there is something to be said for um, when you're near a, a water source, for example, like a fountain or a waterfall, the rush or the waves of the beach tend to be very relaxing and calming. And there actually is a, a sort of like a, a medical reason why that is. And a lot of that is uh, when you're in nature and you're experiencing nature, a lot of times uh, the sound of rushing water or water tends to create more of those alpha brain waves that we were, that we were talking about just now. And, and that's important. Um, anything that you can do to help you focus while you're doing meditation is important. So whether or not you have a candle, some people like to do a candle. Um, some people like no noise. They like to be in very, very calm, like nobody will be around. Um, sometimes in nature, just sucking it all in, kind of. Um, the closed eye approach works really well uh, because you're not uh, having to look at everything, but sometimes the open eye approach is also good because you can appreciate the beauty around you. Um, and that creates a, a state of mindfulness. And we've been talking about this a lot in the studio, creating a set of mindfulness, which create, creates creativity and helps you to answer problems. Sometimes things bother you. Um, like uh, when you're, you know, days, you look at, you know, at your phone every five seconds and you're, you're seeing posts on Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever, and, you know, someone doesn't like your post or uh, says a negative comment, which seems to be all the time now. Um, but, um, and then you're like, you think about it for like the next two hours. You're like so pissed at that person because they put a, a, a mean face or a, a wow face or whatever said something nasty to you. And uh, sometimes your brain just needs to sort out some things, especially with all the information that we're bombarded with constantly these days. So sitting in a state of meditation for a while is very good because then you can, you can think to yourself and you can start to see that list of things that are bothering you in your mind and you can start checking those off. Like that doesn't really matter. It's just on Facebook. That doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me. You know, thinking about what you can change yourself, not worrying about what to change things in others. And just going through mentally, mental checklist of all the things that, all the blessings that you have, um, and focusing. Now, one of the things I wanted to, uh, to help you with too is that uh, besides using like a candle, or we used to make fun of a, make having a shrine <laughs> to, uh, to focus on, one of the things that, that, um, that I do personally is that I have a mental picture, a place, a happy place. Everybody talks about a happy place all the time. 
Well, I'm going to share with you a little bit of one of my happy places that I use when I, uh, when I do meditation and thought. Um, when I was in Boy Scouts, we went to a higher venture trip called Philmont, New Mexico. Now, I had gone there my freshman year in high school, and I had also gone there my, um, my senior year in high school. So high school is a very developing time in your life, and it was signature, signifying the beginning of my high school career and the end of my high school career and going into adulthood because I was 18 the second time I went. And we went to the same place twice in this um, backpacking trip. And uh, the place is called the Miranda Meadow. And um, I still, the first time we'd gone there, it was amazing. Um, there's a mountain that overlooks it. So the mountain's right at the base of the mountain there. You can see the mountain um, just protruding from the, the earth there. And you can see it way up there, 12,441 uh, 12, feet. I still remember that. Um, and it's bald. They had uh, strip mined it, copper strip mined it back in the day. So um, it's a very impressive mountain. It looks kind of cool. So, um, so you have that mountain in the background, and then in the foreground here at our, near our campsite, you had this big giant meadow. And in the meadow, there, the first time I went, there was all these big giant flowers. Now they weren't. I don't think they were. They weren't sunflowers because they kind of uh, faced upward. But you can go out into the middle of the of this field of full flowers. They are all about maybe neck level. That's how high they were. The whole field was like that. So you can go in the middle of it, nobody could find you. It was like a maze, okay? It was like going into like a, a corn maze and you couldn't find yourself. And, and one of my friends, uh, Jeff, I remember he had um, gone in there. I'm, I'm not sure why. I think he had uh, some issue or something. He went out there and he just laid down in it. And I found him later and he was laid down in the, in the thing. We talked for a while. Um, but um, we had a whole rest day there. Now, the second time we had gone there, the flowers weren't as big, and we actually played ultimate frisbee there. Um, but um, one of the things that I use that as, like, my happy place. So every time I visualize um, a place of peace uh, uh, is that Miranda Meadow. It was so peaceful. It was so nice. And everybody should have a peaceful place that they can use in their mind to picture when meditating. And that that will help you a lot. Uh, now, um, I said I wouldn't dive into the spiritual side too much, but uh, for all those people that are religious, um, the meditative state is also used when you pray. So when you pray, you also use that meditative state um, to, to be one with your thoughts, be one with your prayers, be one with, uh, with everything. So depending, it doesn't matter what religion you are, um, you could uh, use that, that state of mindfulness to really help you reflect on the past, um, be in the present, and uh, trying to help you with problems and be at peace. Now, um, one of the uh, the reoccurring concepts that we um, that we talked about is the the martial art expression. And I wanted to add to this today um, to um, to make it even even a stronger um, tie-in that we use all the time. Uh, the monks of old used to use meditation all the time and they were considered to be aesthetics, okay? And the definition for aesthetics is a sense of principles underlying and guiding the work of a particular martial artist or artistic movement. And in martial arts, we use this all the time um, uh, to help with our movements because not only are the movements practical for self-defense, but also they're beautiful as well. When done correctly, you have you can move the body in a, in a way that's beautiful, kind of like a dance, you know. So um, we're going to keep on uh, keep on hammering away at that one. But that's uh, 
that's a big, big part of, uh, of martial arts is the martial arts expression. You know, most people would try to do the martial art technique the, the same way, just like a drummer would play um, or a guitar player will play a song. They'll, they'll do it very similar, but they'll add their own twist onto it, and that is the martial art expression. Okay? Now, um, the practice for this, we talked a lot about um, why we stretch, why people do yoga, and why we, we, um, what the benefits are for meditation. But the practice on this um, for you at home is to start implementing this into your life more. And one way you can do that is uh, classify the stretches as two different versions. There's the easy stretch. Now, the easy stretch we use in class a lot because we don't want to spend the entire class stretching. Otherwise, we won't get to the other parts of class. So we have what's called easy stretch. Now, you only hold a stretch for about 10 or 15 seconds. It's not a very long time to hold a stretch, um, but it helps you to warm up the muscles and to prepare the muscles so that you don't get injured while you're doing class. It also brings you to that state of mindfulness that we're going to use later when we're getting ready to do the motions. Now, the next is the developmental stretch. Okay, now the developmental stretch, you'll hold a stretch for 30 to 60 seconds, sometimes as long as two minutes. You may hold a, a stretch or a pose. And the developmental stretch is, is really going to help you to make uh, strides and gains in your flexibility and your overall health. Um, so that's uh, the, you can do the easy stretch or the developmental stretch at home, but you need to develop a stretching routine. Now, my students can use the stretching routines that we've shown in class. We have three or four different versions that we use, and you can adopt one of those. Now, if you have some stretches that, that, you, know, that you really, really enjoy doing that really help you out, like to say you have a really tight lower back or a really tight calf muscles and you need to do extra of a stretch because it particularly helps you, then, of course, incorporate it into your stretching routine and, and do it for as long as you can. For example, um, my calves get really tight. Um, I walk around on my toes all the time like a ninja, and, uh, and I'm always on the mat and I'm always barefoot, so my calves get a workout. So I could sit in like a like Achilles tendon type stretch with my back against the couch for like two minutes, and it would feel great instead of just holding it for 10 seconds. Now, another thing you can do at home too is you can sit in silence. You can sit in silence and maybe sit cross-leg style or sit on your legs. And you could practice the mosuko, mokuso, mokuso, I'm having a hard time saying that, or mukyum, okay, that we do in class uh, here. And find a place of happiness and visualize it. And then last but not least, a way to get more, besides the isometric holds and the stretching, a way to get a little bit more uh, fitness out of the stretching routine is by doing stretch kicks. Now in class, we typically do about three different versions of these, but there's, there's close to eight different versions. You can go forwards, backwards, to the side, you can go to the outside, you can go to the inside, you can twist out, you can twist in, you can also uh, do a swing kick kind of movement in and a reverse swing kick or hook kick mo motion out. So those, those are all different ways you can do the stretch kicks. You can also, too, one thing that I particularly like a lot, and I, I've seen it on some of the uh, Beachbody workout programs, including on P90X, is using the warrior poses. Now, there's different warrior poses, like uh, warrior, uh, warrior pose one, two, three, all that. Um, the, the humble warrior, the, um, the different ones like that. Those are a lot of fun. I, I think they're very empowering for a martial artist uh, to do those warrior poses. Uh, they feel great. 
uh, they kind of implement kind of the martial arts stance and martial art positions. So I really enjoy doing them um, as part of my practice. So at home, go ahead and try this. Um, you could try this and, and, and it doesn't have to be like, I, I'm in Florida here, uh, but I'm originally from Michigan. Um, you can go and you can do the warrior poses out in the, um, the cold as well and see how it works for you. You know, um, uh, we'll be covering this later on um, in our future podcasts. We have um, a different talk, a topic called uh, Khan Geico. And Khan Geico is training in the, in the cold weather, you know, to, as part of your training to help uh, heighten your awareness and heighten your senses. And the same thing with, uh, with Shoshu Geico, which we do down here in, uh, in Florida. So anyways, um, I really hope that my podcast helps you. Um, as I said before, I try to make these uh, not time sensitive. But I know there's a lot of stress in the world right now, and it's a great time to uh, meditate, to help you solve your problems, uh, to be at peace with yourself and those around you, uh, maybe to pray for different uh, world leaders or for just friends and family, um, that the world becomes a better place. Because as we said before, one of the reasons why we are doing what we're doing is we're learning martial arts um, at home through everyday work and thus creating life, increased productivity, and of course, to make a better world. So uh, keep on practicing those things. Uh, maybe um, put some, uh, create a new playlist on your iPod and put it down as yoga songs, okay? or meditation songs, songs that really empower you to relax and to uh, be at peace with yourself. And that'll help a lot of the uh, mental fatigue um, that we've been experiencing um, these days as well. So anyways, I hope you um, had a lot of fun today and keep on listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast. And remember, this is Karate Kid Master Dojo This is Master Craig. Take care. Bye-bye.